I am Grant Gustin, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, as always, and with me are my amazing, geek-tastical, multiversal co-hosts, Amy Marie and Lauren Galloway. How are you gals doing tonight? Good. Really good. Not gonna lie, super stoked about the last minute of this episode, but we're gonna do our best to wait until the end when we're actually talking about it. I, before we started recording, I had to do a, like a like a check if Amy's still alive. Control, like you know, do you know what your name is? I mean, because I knew she, I, I knew all of us would just <laughs> lose it about this. So uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, let's talk about some fun news because you know, Flaro, the Flareverse, they do crossovers, which is pretty fun. But you know what's better than two shows doing crossovers? Four shows doing crossovers because this fall, as Supergirl is moving to the CW for Monday nights at 8 p.m. on the CW, there's going to be a four-show mega crossover. And oh my God! First of all, I don't even know how we're going to how we're going to schedule that, but that will be a problem for December. So that's that's <laughs> all that. But just initial reactions, and guys, and let's start with Jamie. What are your thoughts about? A four-show crossover. I mean, you've talked about before um, the Chicago shows you're watching that they do really good crossover. I think there's like four of them now. So, I mean, what do you think about that? You know, these, you know, the DC universe now basically doing a four-show crossover. Yeah, I mean, I, I have mentioned before that the Chicago series, so Chicago Fire and Chicago PD, have crossed over with SVU uh, this past year, and this coming year will now be adding Chicago Justice. The difference being that those were two nights. So you had Tuesday night and then two back-to-back shows on Wednesday. This is going to be a show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which is insane and absolutely incredible to fathom. And in my opinion, the only way it's going to work is if they do what Chicago, the Chicago series and SVU, the Dick Wolf trilogy, if you will, did, is by making sure that you have a consistent overarching story that connects the three shows and a story that's intriguing enough and in-depth enough to be able to keep the audience from all four shows, but somehow still manage not to alienate the casual viewer, which is going to be really challenging, especially because we're bringing in Supergirl and Legends, who at this point have not crossed over. I mean, we've had... We've had... um the Flash and Arrow crossover, and then we've had some Legends introduction, but it was during the Flaro crossover. So now you're now you're creating four different shows with four different main storylines, and somehow they all need to connect. And in my opinion, there's only well, that's not true. Right now, I can only foresee one possible storyline to 
do it with, and that would be the Infinite Crisis storyline, but that is a lot to do this fast, especially if we're actually getting into Flashpoint. Like, that, that that's a lot <laughs> to get into for the first half of, like, in the first three months of all this television coming back. Lauren, what were your thoughts? I am so excited for crossovers. I mean, you know, we're doing the Flash podcast. We do the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. You know, we got to see Barry over on Supergirl's World for the crossover, which was the most delightful and fun episode of television I have seen in a really, really, really long time. And, you know, the crossovers are always my favorite episodes of the season because I love Arrow. I love the Flash, like, working together to solve a problem. So the fact that we're going to get, like, a Fortnite crossover is super crazy, but I completely trust Andrew Kreisberg and Greg Berlanti and Jeff Johns and, you know, just like the whole creative team that's working on these shows. Like for us, we get excited to watch this, but for them, they get excited to write it. And you can, I can just see them like in their giant writer's room, just throwing out ideas like, hey, what if we do like what this comic book did? No, and let's bring in this other character. Like, I think it's easy for us to get a little nervous about cast this size coming together. But for them, it's like they get to write a comic book crossover and then they get to bring it to life. So, I mean, there's no complaints for me here. I mean, whether it's a perfect slam dunk, whether it's a little messy, I don't really care. I just want to see it. And I'm so excited to see how they're going to do it next year or the end of this year, I should say. Yeah. yeah I just want to see all the characters interacting. Yeah. I'm, I'm so game for that. And, you know, it, you know I think it's going to be at least now they're all in Vancouver, which is a good point because, you know, in the first season, Super Bowl was in LA, so that would have been a little bit tricky. But at least now they're all going to be in the same country. So they can probably shoot it a little bit easier together. I mean, I'm. Look, I mean, crossovers, like Lauren said, crossovers are so much fun because they're, you know, they are sometimes the things that brings out the best things in each other's shows. And, and you know, like Amy said, I want to see more character interaction. I mean, look, I just want to see Cat Grant react to every single superhero that exists in the CWTV universe just to see what nickname she would give them. I was going to say, she should probably try to rename them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she tried to rename Flash the Blur. And when she is told, no, you should call him the Flash. That sounds like a superhero that that constantly stands in an alleyway, just sh- and flashing himself every day. Uh, so, I mean, imagine what she would say about the Atom or White Canary or Spartan or Speedy. I mean, ah, oh, the comedy just writes itself. Uh, the Wave Rider, really? What raves are you riding on in space? Oh my god, that was too, that's, that was a bit. I mean, if you were just a little bit snarking your voice, that would have been a good Calista Flockhart impression. <laughs> I'm doing this having only seen the crossover episode, which is on my bucket list. I'm going to have to watch Supergirl over the summer, which no, 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 is not no. Let's, a let me, challenge. Let me correct you. You don't have to watch. You, you're privileged to get to watch an amazing TV show. Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, you're gonna. Wait till you get to the later episode of the season. You're gonna love it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And guys, this is gonna be so epic. If look, if they just cut a fifth DC show and they put it on Fridays at 8 p.m., oh god, we would not survive the weekends. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. And there has not been any anything else announced. By identified, it's gonna be in December. So probably episode eight of each show, which, you know, kind of cool for Arrow because it would be the 100th episode then for Arrow. Episode 8 for Season 5 will be episode 100 for Arrow, so, um... That'll be epic. Yeah, they they better pull up something cool because 
I mean, it's it's the 100th. Uh, speaking of the 100th, just doing a quick little shout out to this, uh, because next week, the, the Flash Pogger's 100th episode is happening, uh, and it's going to be lit. So, um, just pointing out at the beginning, and we will remind you guys at the end. So, um, just so that if you guys decide to tune out after this plug or whatnot, then at least now you know what's coming next week. Now, ladies, let's get into this. Holy megatastic season finale, season two, episode twenty-three, called "The Race of His Life." So let's talk about the aftermath of Henry's death because because TV likes to torture us. We open up right in the scene where he's being killed, uh, with you know Barry just screaming and crying his eyes out. So, Amy, what was it like seeing the aftermath of Henry's death on uh, not just Barry but the other characters? Man, I'm gonna not gonna lie. So I watched this episode. I DVR'd it and then watched it afterwards. And for some reason, my DVR. I know a lot of people had DVR issues tonight. I did too. For some reason, it paused right as the episode started, right on Barry's face as he's just excruciatingly devastated by what just happened to his dad. And of course, I'm sitting there going, you, you did not just do this to me right now, television. You are actively trying to kill me. That, the Everything that happened, and Barry, he has to deal with this the entire episode, and we see him dealing with it up to the very end of the episode and beyond, is, is so incredibly guilty and devastated that he has lost everyone, He's his parents, and... Barry feels 100% like both of their deaths are his fault. And so seeing the anguish that he went through, it was devastating and so many props to Grant Gustin. I mean, he has a way of touching your heart that you don't even, it's, that it's hard to find on any television show, but there's something even more devastating about seeing it on a superhero show like this when it's so grounded in mythology and fiction. And, I mean, the guy runs the speed of light. That's It's an impossible reality. But the fact that he can bring it home so powerfully just goes to show how incredible of an actor is and how incredible the writing is. I would love to see that page of the script. Just the page of the script detailing Barry's reaction. That I want to see. So if any of the writers are listening, I would love for them to post that. And Laura, what did you think of the effect of Henry's death in this episode? It's always hard when a character dies in the final moments of one episode, and then you have to wait an entire week to see everyone's reactions. I know it was similar the way that Arrow dealt with Laurel's death, because you kind of want everyone to react to it right in the moment. Like, it's hard when there's a delayed reaction, but... You know, the way that Grant acted in that moment was incredible. And it was so interesting, that whole scene with Zoom standing over Henry Allen's body and him almost like coaxing Barry, totally Star Wars style, like give in to your hatred, give in to your anger. It was so much like the Emperor Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker storyline in Star Wars, which... You know, not to say that the show is copying that in any way. Like, it felt like a tribute to, like, when you have these really powerful heroes, they're always a heartbeat away from becoming really powerful villains. Because, like, the power is the same, but it's always about what you do with it. And I thought it was so interesting that Zoom is like, 
desperate to make Barry like him. Like, so much so that he killed his father in front of him and kept trying to say, you're just like me. I want you to give in to your anger and your hatred. I thought that was a really creative way to tell this story. And, yeah, I mean, the funeral scene was terrible. And, like, <laughs> this is a kind of a funny note. I love that the, the pastor who was... Um, doing the uh what's the word the eulogy like the the burial scriptures that you read over somebody when they die that like he had his bible app on his phone did you guys notice that he had a what <laughs> like no. he was reading from like the bible but it was on his phone like well, it was he didn't raining. have it in his hands no it's just funny because like i go to church and most people nowadays don't bring their bibles they bring their phones i just thought it was like a cute little i see what you did there you're right like 21st century ministers would use their phone to bury somebody i don't know i thought it was funny um it kind of broke up the moment for me a little bit um so i wasn't as sad i just i thought it was kind of funny yeah i i mean it wasn't easy either because i mean yeah like you guys said i always felt that like whenever grand gustin cries on this show we all cry with him for some reason it's like it's impossible to not cry with them. When Barry is in pain, we're in pain. I mean, I've tried. I mean, one time I sat in front of myself and watched the finale, that scene where he says goodbye to his mom, five times in a row, and I keep crying every single time. And apparently I don't love myself, so I have time to do these things where I make myself cry five times in a row from the one and same scene. So, no, but it was definitely painful, and I mean, my God, I hate Zoom. <laughs> I was like, Hunter, shut up. Go, I mean, hush, bye Felicia, go away, you're talking way too much. Uh, but he just goes along to say that Teddy Sears, he's just really good at playing a villain, so yeah, you 24 Legacy fans, have fun with him. Uh, so, no, but it was painful, and it was, I mean, that death, you know, that funeral scene kind of echoed a little bit of um, Laurel's funeral from Arrow. Um, I love Joe's speech that like he kind of came in and helped Barry when he wasn't able to talk because, I mean, I mean, my God, this kid lost both his parents in the same house and by speedsters. I mean, that's awful. So the fact that he could even stand up and even function at all is, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. So, yeah, I mean, Grant, he killed it. I mean, he's always killing it. But, yeah, when he gets to do those emotional scenes, I mean, he... I mean, he nails it. So, um, but yeah, his but Henry's death does um, take a huge effect on him, and it makes him kind of go a little bit ragey. So, Lauren, you want to talk about that and what happened to Barry because he was so angry? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the part of the episode when I was screaming at my television because. Like, the point of these team-up shows, and, like, anyone who's watched any of these shows, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends, you know, if you watch shows like Star Trek, the whole point of the show is that the team always supports each other no matter what. So, like, what did you guys think when... Joe is talking to Barry in the hallway at Star Labs. And Barry is like, you know what? I'm going to do this race. I'm going to do it. I have to win. And they tranquilize him and throw him in the pipeline. And Joe's like, we all made this decision unanimously. And he's looking at Iris. And then he looks at Joe. And then he looks at Caitlin and Cisco, And he's just like, what? Like, this is the most important thing 
potentially that Barry has ever done. And the stakes of the multiverse have never been higher. And they lock him in the pipeline. I was so, I'm still so pissed about that. I cannot believe that Team Flash did that to Barry. I understand their logic. Like, Barry, chill out. You need to calm down. You're too emotional. But he's a speedster. He's a superhero. You don't lock a superhero up when they're having a bad day. That is just not okay. So, Andy, what were your reactions when you saw Team Flash throw Barry in the pipeline? I mean, I just wish he had done a scene where he would have somehow talked to Laurel in the outer pipeline, just that he had something to do, or give him a magazine or something. I mean, the poor guy was just sitting there. And No, but I mean, it was... You know what, it's, you're, you're bringing up a good point that I hadn't thought about. These are team shows, but yeah, they... There doesn't seem to be a complete trust within one, one another. There's always some sort of, like, you know, we're deciding against you now because... I mean, like you said, the logic is... Makes sense because his his rage would have gotten in the way. But guys, you don't have any other weapon to go up against Zoom. Locking your other your only speedster up is maybe not the best idea. Maybe there is some I mean some other way to do it. Maybe talk sense. I mean not. I mean yes, locking lock him in, but at least talks talk to him instead of just leaving him and so on. Because how is that? I mean. Do, do they were, were they just hoping for him to calm down or whatnot? And yeah, I mean that I think that was the only thing I didn't really like with the finale because I'm like, out of all the times, you have to do it now, and especially when you don't. I mean, if they had any other speedsters on their team, okay, I would have I would have been like, okay, I can go with this. But they don't have any. They had, don't. They were powerless. I mean, it was impressive to see Team Flash go up against Zoom either way, and they almost got him. But Joe accidentally got trapped in the multiverse too. So, but at the same time, it's like, guys, I mean, I wonder if this will affect how he looks at the team in the future. I mean, once this whole Flashpoint thing, which we'll talk about in the end, you know, once it's over, so I mean, how he, that dynamic will still be if he's, he will still trust, trust them as much as they probably trust him. But, um, but yeah, that's what I thought. Amy, what did you think about that whole scene? I'd like to point out that the last time Barry made a decision when he wasn't fully, uh, let, let me rephrase that. The last time Barry made a decision when he was emotionally compromised, when Wally was kidnapped, he kind of sort of lost his speed and in the entirety of the villains from Earth 2 came over and started terrorizing Central City on Earth 1. So I totally get where Team Flash is coming from. They're at this point a little bit frustrated with Barry continuing to make decisions where he is not allowing the team to help him. Because in this situation, Barry was diehard 100%. Okay, going to race him. I'm going to win. And Team Flash is like, yo, 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 you can't do that. You need a plan. And Barry doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to take it. All he wants is revenge. He wants to 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 fight. He wants to, to race, to win, and to kill Zoom. And he is acting with his heart, as Barry does best, but he's not acting with his mind. And Team Flash knows that, and they also know him. They know that there is very little that they are going to be able to do to talk him out of it. And I would like to point out that with the exception of that awkward little gun jamming thing, they actually succeeded pretty impressively in taking down Zoom without the Flash. That being said, uh, if I were Team Flash and I didn't have the Flash, I don't know, I guess I would have maybe 
speed dialed Oliver Queen and was like, hey, yo, we need your help. What about Felicity? She got any tech that can help us out? Hey, anybody know where Ray Palmer is? What about Roy? I bet Roy's not doing anything right now. <laughs> Last season, when they tried to take down Eobard Thawne, Oliver Queen was on another continent in a completely different costume and came over breaking his entire cover to help Barry take down Eobard. In my opinion, I know that crossovers are tricky and I know that Oliver Queen's got his hands full with rallying the city to fight Damien Dark, but I think it would have been a really cool little nudge and probably a smart aspect on their point if they had gotten one of Team Arrow on a train over to Central City. So that was my issue with it, is that I'm like, okay, in my opinion, I get what you're doing about Barry, and I totally endorse it, but I feel like you still were missing some vital things, like calling Team Arrow for help. I mean, I just don't see what they could have done. Because, I mean, I would rather try to call the Legends team rather than the Team Arrow, because, I mean, they all have guns and arrows, and a hacker-ish. What, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, but... You're talking about putting Felicity and Cisco in the same room. I am sure that there's a way that they may have been figured out. And, uh, um, oh my God, Echoes. Curtis. Curtis, yeah. Thank you. You know what? And I'm, in the same room. Put them all what? in the same room. I'm sure they could have figured out a way to take down that thingy bobber. Plus, I'm sure Oliver has a really cool arrow that could have just grabbed Joe and yanked him back before he went through the interdimensional barrier. I mean, I when you say Felicity, I mean, I don't need another reason for her to be like uber powerful. But Curtis, however, I mean, look, Curtis is my bae, so if he wants to come over to the Flash, that would have been totally fine. I mean, he could have done something with his um, Lauren. Are they called terrific balls or what? It, like those things that he's developing as weapons? Spheres. They're Sphere, called. Yeah. T-spheres. Okay, yeah, I bet you that it stands for terrific. Uh, but, I mean, that would have been great because because reasons. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm mean, i just mixed on it as a whole, and I feel that... I mean, it didn't bring down the quality of the episode, but it's like, you guys, there needs to be better method and so on. And if you're, if you're, you're going to log up your only speedster, do what Amy said, but, you know, try and get some reinforcement. Like, it would have been so cool if the Legends team had showed up in some way, because... I mean, yeah, that... there was. Hmm? No, go ahead. Sorry, Andy. I was gonna say, like, imagine if the atom just got super big and just like you know, squashed, you know, Zoom or something. I don't know. Or Rip Hunter just bored Zoom to death with his um, wibbly wobbly, or Firestorm. I, mean, oh, I want Firestorm back on the flash. So I mean, yeah, crossovers are tricky to do, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what how else how else to feel about it. I'm just mixed about it. But it didn't ruin the episode though, which is good because I, it would have been awful if this whole amazing finale had been ruined by just one simple scene. And luckily, it didn't. So um... it was just such a bold decision for Team Flash to make, and it, it did. It really surprised me. And like, here's the thing: it, like speaking relationally or psychologically, if somebody in your life keeps making bad decisions and you decide to isolate them or punish them because they make bad decisions, they're going to keep making bad decisions. Like you have to embrace and bring them in and talk to them. And so, yeah, Barry made a bad decision and he lost his speed, but he got it back by learning what he had to learn in the speed force. And then for him to even be for his team and his family to even think that he's going to make a bad decision again, that really means that they don't trust him. And like, that was disappointing to me because at the end of season two, at the end of what, 46 episodes, they should trust him more 
now than ever and want him close because we saw at the end of the episode he was like fine if you're not going to trust me I'm not going to tell you that I'm going back in time to save my mom like I just think that there are going to be some really bad ramifications because the team was like oh Barry's unstable he's been a bad boy we're just going to lock him in the pipeline like a common criminal like for me that was, I just, I think that was like the worst thing that they could have done. And I think it directly affected his decision at the end of the episode. See, I see it a little bit differently. And I completely, totally get where you're coming from. But you're, you said um, that they looked at him and said he couldn't be trusted. I think that they knew that he couldn't trust himself. I think that they were really worried about his emotional state and what he would do in the event that he encountered Zoom face-to-face, I think they really were worried that he would kill Zoom and that those repercussions emotionally would scar Barry beyond redemption because Barry's a good, he's a good person and he's killed before. We've seen him killed before, but that was in defense. This would be in pure revenge and that is what Hunter Zolomon wanted. So I see it as team... Flash was working to protect Barry from having to make this incredibly painful and and emotional decision. Because if they could take care of Zoom, Barry doesn't have to make that decision. That being said, Barry, Barry's in the same place that you are, Lauren. Like when he, when, when Wally finally lets him out and Barry looks at Iris for the first time. Did you guys notice, and this, again, props to Grant Gustin or the writing or the directing or whoever put this in there, but there is a flash in his eye when he's looking at her and he is so betrayed by what she did because he's looking at them at the same way you are, Lauren, saying, you guys should have trusted me. You should have trusted me to make the right decision and you didn't. And despite everything that happens in the rest of the episode in the final scene, he he felt really hurt and betrayed by what she did. And Lauren, I think you're right. It probably does directly contribute to what happened at the end. Now, I don't I don't think it's exactly what contributed to what happened at the end. I think that is a direct response of all the pain that he's been going through. But I think that probably bolstered the pain level. Like if we're looking at a scale of pain, that betrayal definitely bumped it up a level. I noticed him being more angry at Harry than anyone. Um, But maybe that's just me. Um, But Iris was supposed to be the one person who always trusted Barry to do the right thing. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I just didn't notice. I just didn't notice that he looked at her that way. That's all. I mean, I just didn't notice that he looked at her that way. I just remember that because it went so quickly. No pun intended. But he just it went so quickly that he just went straight to the last thing I remember was that he walked straight up to Harry and just yelled his lungs out at him. But if he if he was yelling at the at um. uh, If he was looking angry at at uh, not Lauren at Iris, then you know. I mean, it's just the smallest little glimpse. It's just there for a second. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, then that's probably why I missed it then. Maybe this will ha- I mean, this probably will have ramifications for season three. I mean, whatever version of the team we see in uh, in season three. Um, but yeah, anyone else want to say anything else about um, about that betrayer or that, that aspect? I think it's... I mean, I, I don't like the choice that Team Flash made at all, but I think it will definitely affect the relationship dynamics next season, which is good. It does keep it fresh because then they'll be able to have really honest conversations. Like, 
do you trust me? You know, why didn't you trust me? Can I trust you? I think those are important things to talk about in a third season because they've all been through so much together. So I'm not mad that that was the decision that happened tonight. It's just, I think I was really defensive of Barry in that moment because the last thing you want to do to a person who's in pain is to isolate them and punish them for their pain. But I totally see what you guys are saying. They did it to protect him. They did it so he wouldn't kill Zoom. It's, it was a very deep decision for them to make. So I applaud the writers for making that choice. Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean because I was like that last week when people were giving Barry a hard time for being optimistic. I'm like, Okay, so he's being a little bit philosophical right now, but he's you know, he's believing himself, um, and you know, so I felt he was being punished just for that. So, Lauren, I totally get where you're coming from because I was where you were this week, last week when they when he was getting a hard time then. Uh, also, I remember Cisco had such a good line when he was talking. Like he said, like, "I was a good." 60-40 at first when we were talking about like deciding this. So, yeah. I mean, even in those dark moments, Cisco just comes out with a light. It's precious. Alright, so let's move to the big plot moments of this episode. Zoom challenges Barry to a race. Which at first I was like, huh? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, you're you just, really? You want to race him? And then it all kind of comes into alignment Zoom has this grand plan to destroy the other universes by essentially making Earth One, Earth Prime, and by setting off some sort of seismic explosion with his magic device that I don't remember the name of that looks like a roller coaster, he can destroy the entirety of the the multiverse, which the is a huge concept. The what? The Magnetar or whatever it was Thank called. Thank you. The Magneton. Is that even a word? About. It is now. Is oh, science Force a word? Science. Hashtag science. Oh, I'm, I'm, tired of, so, I'm tired of science talk. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoom needs Barry's speed to help him power the device. And the only way that he can get enough speed is to combine both his and Barry's speed, harness the energy from it, and create this seismic multiversal blast. What did he call it? Um, Harry called it something. Pol, pol, uh, pulsar. Pulsar. Thank you. Which I believe is actually an astronomical term for when a star explodes. Something similar to that. Anyway, a huge amount of energy is going to be let off and it will destroy the multiverses. And the way to do that is to get and to harness the energy from both speedsters. So... Zoom is able to, using Joe, convince Barry to race him. So, you know, to Lauren's point, no ma- even after Team Flash made this decision, they're still back at square one. Barry still needs to race Zoom. And if Barry can successfully stop Zoom, then, yay, he wins. The multiverse gets to continue existing. But if Zoom crosses that threshold to the point where he's made enough rotations that the two of them have created enough energy to power the magneton device the universes will be destroyed so lauren i'm going to go to you first what did you think about the end game and the whole science behind it and zoom's you know ultimate end game and the actual race itself what did you think It was interesting that that's how the episode was promoted. And the episode is called The Race of His Life. And so 
you know, for them to jump into this giant round round device and race each other, I thought the visual, like, let's just talk about the visual effects for a second. Mm-hmm. The visual effects in this episode were so incredible. The beginning fight with Barry and Zoom all over Central City was really good. And then the raids at the end was really cool. But especially this, I mean, it looked like an old roller coaster that like an old Ferris wheel or something that Jay had kind of Jerry rigged to do this like pulsar device. And, mm-hmm. you know, I loved how they were talking about the multiverse. I love how, you know, they kind of dropped the whole infinite earths idea. I mean, it's really cool because if somebody's watching the show and has never read any of the comics, they're slowly getting introduced to these concepts that comic book readers have been familiar with for a while. And so it's like equal fan service, but like equal kind of like gradually introducing this idea, which I love because I kind of stand on like both lines. I've read some of the comics. And so like for them to race each other, it seemed a little cheesy, but at the same time, like Jay need oh no he's in Jay whatever uh, Hunter needed <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm still bitter that Teddy Sears is Jay Garrick oh <laughs> you're right I'm all right it's okay um, Hunter has been really upset about this the whole season you guys I and mean, she's been really upset about this <laughs> that's just because I had such a huge crush on Teddy Sears and him as Jay Garrick just felt like ideal and wonderful and like DC's Captain America and then he turned out to be evil and I was really upset um yeah I thought the race was really cool I love the visual effects and then you know maybe Andy can talk a little bit more about this but I loved what Barry did to win I thought that was hella clever and I was like yes see Barry does make good decisions even when he's upset Yes, I I mean, once again, the effects, by the way, I mean, I'm so glad he did a couple episodes where he didn't have any powers because they were saving up for this so much and it was worth the wait. And uh, yeah, I I love the whole race. I love that if there's not an Emmy with Ar- uh, Armand's name on it this, uh, this year, then there's something really wrong over that Emmy board because he deserves it because look at look, look at that. Look at all of that! Um, it was it was phenomenal, and I I love that. You know, look, we knew that going to this finale, they they were gonna have to do something big to top last week. It's not last week, last year's finale with the the wormhole and you know reverse flash and all those things. So I mean, they had to really outdo themselves, and I think they really did with you know the rays and the you know I mean there was this big possibility that maybe crisis was going to happen in some capacity or crisis on infinite earths and but barry wins because he's able to summon a time remnant what i don't i still don't get how that works i don't think we will ever know how it works unless amy wants to because she was the only one who was able to explain it the first time we got introduced to that concept but uh, it was impressive to see that barry finally managed to master that power because I felt Zoom had been a little bit overpowered too much this season, so it was nice to see Barry able to finally come to his level. So, and I, I like the fight because I, I, I predicted this several times on Periscope lately that I didn't think they were going to kill off Zoom. I was pretty sure that he was going to somehow get trapped in the Speed Force and be turned into the Black Flash. And that's almost exactly what happened because Time Rapes shows up... And they take him away, but as his face is disintegrating, 
that's a, I mean, girls, I don't know if you have ever heard of the Black Flash, but look him up and see how close resembling a Hunter was to Black Flash, which is a, which is a huge deal. I mean, like, when Black Flash is around, that's not a good sign for any speedsters, just so you know. But yeah, no, it was pretty dope. So yeah. But anyway, what do you think? Um, time remnant wise, I think what happened is that as Barry is running the loop with Zoom, he goes back in time and grabs, if, if what I'm understanding from what they said with Wally or what they tried to explain to Wally, as he's running the loop, he goes back in time and tells his future self that he's going to help. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, let's try this again. Take two. <laughs> so current Barry is running the loop. A future Barry who was just running the loop comes back to assist him in running the loop. Or Barry's running the loop and makes the conscious decision to go back in time and help a previous Barry running the loop. The bottom line is he goes back and assists the Barry Allen in the past in running the loop. So you have two berries existing at the same time. Theoretically, one of those berries um, maybe wasn't going to succeed. So maybe in, I mean, how interesting would that be? In the universe where the future berry comes back to assist our berry, that universe, maybe Jay wins. But then the multiverse will be destroyed. So the bottom line is, it's a little bit of a thin line. I wish that they hadn't introduced the time remnant concept so ambiguously and that they introduced it in this episode because I mean, I, I know that they've introduced it before, but they didn't make it known that you could basically have two characters existing at the same time, except they did, but not really interacting with each other. It just, I know that they've they've explained it before and they've introduced the concepts before and we've played around with the ideas before, but one of the problems that we've had when we initially brought up the idea of a time remnant is that we're kind of playing around with mythology that we don't really fully understand. So I think the way that it makes the most sense to think about is it's just a Barry Allen that ever so slightly ahead of time comes back and assists the present Barry in running the loop. And one of them is willing to sacrifice himself. Um, does that make sense? Or did that just make it more confusing? Cause I'm trying to remember the way that, that Barry, I've only seen the episode once. I haven't had an opportunity to watch it more than once. I'm trying to remember the moment where they're explaining it to Wally. And then from what I understand, Barry basically said, well, what I did was went back in time and told the Barry who's about to run the loop that he's got to run the loop. But as soon as I show up, he needs to reverse the polarity of the thing. I almost get it, but look, I'm I'm a, I'm a stupid person, so it, you know, it's not your fault if I don't understand. It. I mean, writers of Flash, just 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 write us like draw it for us. Just write a guide for us so we get what it is because it's so complicated. I uh, guess I guess you could use you could say Barry A is running the loop. Mm-hmm. Barry A goes back in time to Barry B who's about to run the loop. As Barry B begins to run the loop, Barry A joins him. Barry A continues running the loop and then saves Joe and beats up on Zoom. Barry B continues to run around the bottom of the loop 
in turn, reversing the polarity or magnitude or whatever the magic word is, destroying the machine. So Barry 2 dies and Barry A. I just okay, realized yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm almost getting A's it now. And twos. <laughs> and, but, so, so I was it's using almost... numbers and letters, but I think I, I think that's it. Um, I will write it down. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like two versions of the timeline doing the same thing at the same time, at the exact exact same synchronized time. Basically. But and how, because, how was then uh, Caitlin able to see the time remnant then? Like, is it like when the two in- timelines are doing, they're, they're interacting with each other, it no, they could they time. could both see him because that's the point where time has not yet solidified. Because of what we learned from legends is that it takes time for the quote unquote the cement to dry. So this is a point when time hasn't solidified and can still be manipulated. Uh, it's okay. also why the time remnants came through because Barry remembered from the episode with the Pied Piper, what was it called, flashback, that when he went back too close to his own timeline the Wraith came after him. And so he was like, oh, this is perfect. I will totally speed Mirage myself, use the other me to blow up the device, and, oh, I'll finally get those time raids to, like, to come out of the speed force to come after me because I'm time mm-hmm. jumping. But oh, okay. really, they've been after Zoom this whole time. So it would be like if, let's say the time rate, okay, let's say, Jake Eric, no, Jake Eric. Let's say Zoom. I'm so, so confusing. Okay, let's say Zoom was a bank robber and he's been avoiding the police forever. And let's say he and Barry are both inside of a bank and Barry trips a silent alarm so that the police show up and they show up because Barry tripped the alarm, but they aren't really after Barry. They've been after Zoom this whole time. Like, that's how I understood it. So the raids are like, oh my god, we've been after Zoom forever. He's been avoiding us. He speed mirages all the time. Like, he is so dangerous. We don't care that Barry just doubled himself. We want Zoom. So it was actually, like, the perfect thing for Barry to do because he saved the multiverse and he didn't have to kill Zoom himself. He was able to get the raids to do it. I just wish there had been a Harry Potter reference. So, so it's just <laughs> saying, hey, look, this is the Mentors again. As far as the overarching, like, race to destroy the multiverses thing, I think it was really clever. I liked the idea of Zoom wanting to destroy the rest of the multiverses because I've always felt like that's, in my opinion, what Vandal Savage should have been all about. But, Lauren, you remember how when we were recording the Flash podcast or the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, we discussed how the the main bad guy goal vandal savage's goal in the final episode was more intriguing than the his goal the whole rest of the series i kind of feel like that's what tonight's was i felt like tonight's end game didn't feel organic i felt like it's just something that jay came up with on the fly as a it didn't feel like he'd been building up to it the whole season now maybe he had but I felt like if he had been building up to that the whole season, we were missing key components that made that connections for me. Is that just me? No, or do I you guys it. feel like he's been leading up to this this whole season? Because for me, it almost feels like he just kind of behold it out of thin air. Not just not the whole season, but I will say because it was what episode number was it? The episode when he says to Caitlin that I should stop counting how many people I die and how many universes I can destroy or something like that. So it's been like, oh, what number was it? Maybe three or four weeks ago. 
So there's been a little bit of a buildup. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it justifies anything. I'm just saying that it there has been a little bit of a buildup to it. Uh, and yes, it's a little bit random. It came out of nowhere, but I'm kind of fine with it because pe evil species are supposed to be kind of cray cray. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I do see where you're coming from. And if anyone doesn't listen to us on the Legends podcast, we were talking about how Vandal's goal throughout the whole season of Legends has been to take over the world in, what was it, 2046? But how his, like, the finale episode, and we won't spoil it for anybody who if they aren't caught up, but, like, his, his goal in the finale changes. It's not just... I want to rule the world. It's I want to destroy all of time. And on that podcast, we talked about how, wow, that would have been really compelling if Vandal's goal the entire season was to stop time. Like the stakes would have been that much bigger. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. That like, like we didn't really understand Zoom's Motivation. goals really until tonight. Like, I mean, he, he kind of did a, like some exposition with Joe and was telling him that when he got hit by the lightning, you know, he wanted to become faster. And it was just kind of like a like a small goal of his, just to be faster. But then he said that he learned how to open up portals to other dimensions, which I didn't know that he could do that, per se, yeah. until tonight. I know he could do the other ones. <laughs> I mean... And yeah, like, I don't think we knew that he could do that. Like, it seemed like the reason that he came over to Earth-1 in the first episode of this season was because Barry opened the, you know, what's that called? The, the wormhole? Yeah, the wormhole. But apparently, Jay has been portal hopping for a long time. That's obviously where he got, like, the real Jay Garrick. And, I, like, if maybe I, maybe I guess, like towards the end of the season, he was starting to connect the dots between, huh, not only do I have the speedster's power, but I also have this portal power and let's just destroy everything. It's like this weird kind of like, like Andy, like you were saying, like psychotic kind of megalomaniac. I don't want to just destroy the world. I want to destroy That's all a good the word, world. By the way. Mega megalomaniac. <laughs> yeah. Like, so for any of our listeners, like, you know, like, what did you guys think about, Jay kind of changing his tune from just wanting to rule Earth 2 and then wanting to rule Earth 1 and then wanting to destroy everything. Like, I thought that, I agree. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic for him to take and for him to say that, like, Earth Prime, <laughs> Earth 1 is at the center of all the other multiverses. Like, that was such a cool comic book moment that I thought was really exciting. Even if he just mentioned it, I thought that was cool. Well, you, you yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, Andy. Uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a a, a storyline and it maybe crisis? I'm I'm only partial way through trying to get through the whole crisis um, series, but but isn't there a point where Earth Prime is the center defining point of the multiverses? And if you destroy Earth Prime the rest of the multiverses are destroyed or, and, and then all you get left is earth prime. So basically that's what Jay Garrick was trying to do. He was trying to say, fine, you know what, if I can't be the fastest speedster of, if I can't make myself the fastest of all speedsters, I will make it so that I am the only speedster and this will be my world, which is very Vandal Savage. 
Yeah, it's that sounds about right. I don't remember the story name exactly, but that sounds really familiar. I think also one of the, the Justice League animated movies did that. Um, actually called Crisis on Two Earths, which you should check out if you haven't done so already. But uh, yeah, no, but that sounds about right. Let's jump into uh, kind of the end of this episode. I don't know about you guys, but you know when the the raves came and took Zoom and the race was over and Joe was rescued, I was like, huh, that wrapped up very nicely with like a little bow on it um we still have five minutes left of this episode (laughs) what's gonna happen are we gonna get like a like a pardon me but like an oh shit kind of moment um like did you guys have that that kind of thought too was that just me was it just five minutes left by that point yeah i thought it was like i mean the episode was a bit longer. It was like nine. It it, it was like extended to nine or two p.m. So, I I I don't. I didn't think about. I mean, I don't look at the time when I'm watching these episodes because I'm like I don't want to look at the time because then I'm gonna get worried. Oh no, it's already almost. It's almost over. But no, I did. I it felt like it was like ten minutes or something like that left. Well, maybe with maybe with commercials. Maybe I. But I know that like. I just kept thinking, huh, that wrapped up very nicely. No one is dead. I don't understand <laughs> what's going to go wrong. And then I think right when they, we got back from commercial, then we could see Wells and Joe with the man in the iron mask. And they were starting to unscrew it. And it's so funny because we didn't see them go to Zoom's lair and go get him. It's like they just kind of glossed over that point. But That's fine. You know, <laughs> We've been talking about the man in the iron mask, I feel like, for so long. Like, didn't we see him in... What 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 episode was 13, that? Was 13 that... or 14. Yeah, like, it's been a while, like, at least a good 10 or 12 episodes since we saw him. And we finally got the reveal tonight. It was John Wesley's ship, which was so awesome. And then, like, the compounded reveal was that... He was the real Jay Garrick, and that he was Earth 3's Henry Allen doppelganger. Andy, what did you think about that reveal? Called it. That's all <laughs> I will say about it. It was so epic. That costume. That that that. First of all, that beard. I mean, John Ship can grow a beard. I'm just. I mean, I thought I could grow myself a, a giant beard. No, John Ship is the man. His costume. I mean, oh my god, that was. I can't even imagine what it was like being buried in that moment saying, Oh, look at that. My dad just died and now here is his doppelganger. Everyone that I that I know who dies will come back as doppelgangers. First it was Laurel, now it was Henry. And no, but like was that Henry though? I thought that was his the whole mother's maiden name uh, thing or whatever. So that so that was Henry Allen but with just a different name. Yes, and it yeah, so it's Earth Three's Henry Allen's Earth Three doppelganger. Okay, well, okay, we will go with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, look, if anyone should have played um, Jay Gary, it should have always been John Watership because he was the first Flash of television, at least you know the first proper one. I know there's been like another attempt before that, but I mean, I think that was such a huge like reward to a lot of fans out there who would, like because when the show was first announced, everyone was just craving for. For Henry, for John Ship as Hen- as Jay Garrick, uh, and now he gets to play that character. And you know, I think it's just the beginning of some great adventures to come. But 
Yeah, I mean, we. I think we'd already figured out at this point, you know, weeks ago, that it was going to be him. And uh, but the execution and the reveal was so. I mean, I just loved it so much, and I I'm so glad he gets to he gets to stay in his universe and keep playing. Uh, you know, another character. And now he gets to have super speed, and he's you know. I mean, now we have Jay Garrick, we have Barry Allen, and we have Wally West. I mean, next season, Bar Allen, then we have all of them. Uh, but yeah, I was really happy. I thought it was, I mean, it was such a nerd-out moment. I mean, I was like, even though I've known it for weeks, I freaking love this. I love seeing it. I can watch it over and over again. And that costume, I mean, I mean, Hunter, your Jay Garrick costume sucks. I mean, it is nothing compared to that, because that is such a better more slicker costume, what I'd almost, almost been wanting this whole time. But but Amy, what did you think? I I loved it. I mean, I know that we've all been predicting, is it Henry Allen from Earth 2 or is it Jay Garrick? And I love that we were able to be like, it's actually both. So Andy, uh, he is, it's definitely his doppelganger with a different name. If our Henry Allen's mother's maiden name was Garrick. We can just assume that on Earth 2, for whatever reason, uh, her mo- his mom did not get married or change her name. So maybe maybe this Jay Garrick uh, is just a different name for Henry. So Jay instead of Henry. And instead of Allen, which he would have gotten from his dad's side of the family, instead he gets Garrick from his mom's side of the family. So maybe she never got married. Maybe Earth 2 is a little bit more revolutionary and they take after their parents or their uh, female side for the last names. Who knows? But yes, it's totally his doppelganger. I loved it. I loved the costume. I loved the outfit. I loved the thing with the hat. I thought that was really the icing on the cake. Um, it was one of those things where I'm watching and I just started laughing because it was so fantastically cheesy. And I mean that in the, in the best possible complimentary way. We were talking before this podcast about, for me, it's kind of like an enchilada. Enchiladas are covered in cheese. They're filled with cheese. The more cheese, the tastier the enchilada is. So this was an enchilada moment for me where it was so cheesy but enchiladas are delicious, and I loved it. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a great nod to all of the fans who had watched the original Flash series, to John Wesley Shipp's fans. Um, but it, I mean, it hit Barry hard. I did not expect him to be hit that hard from it or by it. That that threw me for a loop. I I didn't anticipate that, and Barry could not possibly have imagined that. Because ultimately, you know, everything that happened in this episode, Barry was not given a whole lot of time to grieve and to suddenly see his father standing right in front of him, even though it wasn't his father, that is hard to to pretend. And it also gives us a little bit of a taste on what Cisco and Caitlin went through when they saw their doppelgangers. You know, imagine seeing your your own being completely distorted and screwed around and made evil it goes to suggest that maybe what caitlin was saying when she talked to to hunter zolomon when she was saying you know that darkness that i wasn't ready to accept well now i'm willing to accept it as part of my being it leads to the suggestion of okay was everything that she told him a lie? Was it all a ploy? Or was there some truth in the words? Because seeing Barry's reaction to seeing his father, it just, 
it goes to show how hard these doppelgangers can hit our characters, and I hope we get to explore it more. The, the, were you guys disappointed by the fact that he did not tell Jay that on this earth he was um, a father? No. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, there was that quick scene when he when he and Joe talked about it, and he said, no, let's just not tell him or whatnot. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will never tell him, and that he... I mean, I, I think Jay Garrett will come back at some point, or maybe, I mean, maybe you ladies will get to play with him on Legends, because, you know, he just happens to be part of the Justice Society of America in the comics. I'm just saying. So, uh, but I... What? <laughs> wait, wait. Did you really not know, or you're just being sarcastic? I'm being sarcastic. Oh, thank Lord. Because I've been saying, I've been mentioning it so many times. Uh, but yeah, I, this was great. This was awesome. And I'm so happy for John Wesley Ship. I mean, that costume looks so good. I was so happy. I mean, like, I kind of expected it too. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, we knew this was coming. Okay, this is really cool. And then they revealed that he was the Flash on his Earth. And then they revealed him in the costume. And, like, I just kept getting more and more excited. And I was, like, shouting and cheering at my TV and was like, God, this is so awesome. John Wesley Shiva was the Flash. And now he's in the suit. Like, this could not get any any better like that was a peak moment and i think we've talked about this before how um you know these dc shows are bringing back these iconic actors like mark hamill played the trickster in the 90s flash and the actress who played tina mcgee she was on the original flash series and dean kane was on supergirl and he was in the adventures of lois and clark like like these shows don't have to do that. They don't have to cast these people who have legacy in these previous shows, but they do. And it's so awesome. And like, I was reading a really good interview. If you guys really enjoyed the man in the air mask reveal, go check out Natalie Abrams interview with John Wesley ship. It's on I was Entertainment just Weekly right now. That. I started to read it and I got so choked up because John Wesley ship was so uncomfortable putting a superhero suit on because he's like an older guy. And you know, he looks him, fabulous. He looks know, so fabulous. He, like, he hangs out around these really young superheroes all the time, you know, who are like thin and like really athletic. And John was like, I don't want to put on the suit. Like I'm old. And he looked so, so, so good. And he says that, there, he'll definitely be back next season for some interesting things. So I thought it was brilliant. And really, is there anybody else that we wanted under that mask? I don't think so. No, I mean, it would <laughs> no. have been cool to maybe gotten something. Maybe if it had been Ronnie from Earth 1, just kind of getting conclusion to that. Or Eddie Earth 1 or something. Uh, Eddie from Earth 1 or something. But you know what? It, it, would have, it only made sense that it was Jay and... I mean, now we have a Jay Garrett in his universe. I mean, like, I remember people being so freaked out by the fact that there was maybe not going to be a Jay Garrett, but then Greg Blandy came out on Twitter and said that, guys, we would never F with you guys when it comes to Jay Garrett. Trust me, there will be rewards towards the end of the season. So, um, I mean, that's awesome. And speaking of awesome things, by the way, segue, let's talk about Byron Ayers at the end because... You know, because you know, Annie loves some 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 West Island, y'all. So they have this powerful moment where Barry is still—he's lost. He, you know, he doesn't know where to go from now because his dad is gone, and even though he's won the war, you know, there's still something missing. He needs to find it. But they declare—they—they they declare, even though they said to each other so many times that they love each other and so on. This was a different level, 
and they have a passionate, beautiful kiss, which was a lot similar to the kiss between Laura and Oliver in season one of Arrow, uh, when uh, it's in the Queen Mansion and the sunlight comes in, and you know goes right between them. Oh, remember when that show was awesome? It, kisses are great. So, Amy, what did you think of the the last scene between Barry and Iris in the finale? I really liked it. It was beautiful, and it was reminiscent of the scene that we had in the season one finale. I appreciated seeing the honesty between the two of them and that Iris has always been there for Barry and that she is reminding him that she's always been there for him and that she will always be there for him. And her honesty in saying, I will continue to be here for you. I will wait for you for as long as it takes is such a beautiful romantic sentiment that I feel like we don't always get in TV shows and if we do, they don't actually say it. It's like Castle, where you know for four seasons that they're totally going to get together and that they're absolutely love in love with each other, but they don't say it, and it gets frustrating. And it's refreshing to get a character say, I love you. I know that you're not in a spot. I will wait for you. And it's refreshing for Barry to say, and honest, very honest, for him to say, look, I love you too. I just, I can't do this right now. I cannot, I have I have so much I have to go through. I can't come home and make dinner and talk about my day and, and fall asleep with you next to me in bed right now. I just can't. I'm not in an emotional state where that is going to be norm. He says, I need to get back to normal. And while in my heart, I, I kind of sit there and go, okay, but Iris can help you get there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% understand where Barry's coming from because on top of everything, he loves her. And he's not going to want to put her through that sort of an emotional distress. So I, and, and ultimately, we know what his decision was going to be. So I don't think he wanted to promise her the world and not be able to fulfill it, knowing that he was going to go back in time and completely change everything. I think he wanted to leave her with a beautiful level of hope as opposed to failing to follow through with a promise that he makes. Does that make sense? He promised her that he needed, he, he said, I will be with you when, when things are right again. And in any timeline, he can keep that promise. But if he were to promise her, I will be with you here and now, he would have to break that promise. And Barry, Barry's very sensitive to those sort of things. So I, I loved that whole scene. I thought it was beautifully done. And Lauren, what did you think about that uh, West Island moment? It was very heartbreaking. I'm not a fan of let's tease two characters getting together like like magnets and they're getting closer and closer and then closer and then Barry's like, nah, I'm too messed up. We can't do this right now. I, I know it's a storytelling device. Like I understand that that point, but I don't know. I was like, can they just make out right now, please? Like, <laughs> he's had a rough day. <laughs> like, I mean, it's usually when people are going through something super emotional that they make romantic connections. It just happens because, like, like you're desperate and you're hurting and you want connection with somebody. So like, that was a really interesting scene because... I mean, anything could have happened. And because I obviously I didn't know that Barry was about to go back to save his mom, my first response was like, 
bro, did you just tell Iris no? Like, what are you smoking right now? Like, I don't like I don't understand. But I did think it was very sweet how she said I love you and he said I love you and they shared like like the sweetest kiss. Like it was so I forget the word I like said in my head when I watched it, but it was just it was just like very pure and very honest. And I think it was a kiss that really reflected their relationship as like, not like brother and sister, but like they've been best friends for so long. They're not just going to like rip each other's clothes off and like go upstairs, you know, like that would not have been true to their relationship. But all They're the people more in like, the house, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like like an arrow love scene at all. That's very much more adult, you know, like Oliver's that kind of guy. Barry and Iris, they do not have that relationship. So I respected that. I thought it was really beautiful. And like at the same time, like and this leads into our, our next topic, but Barry Barry was just done. Like he was done letting people take things from him. I think he was done with the reverse flash taking his mom and he was done with Zoom taking his dad. And I think he was like, I'm gonna use my speed to do something for me for once. And he was like, Iris, I love you, but I need to go. And I wasn't expecting any of that to happen, but I think it was a really beautiful scene. Yeah, one thing I just want to say before we go to the last discussion is that I've said this repeatedly, and I'm never going to stop saying it, but this is seriously one of the most mature relationships in all these shows. And I, I kind of wish all the other shows would kind of pick up on that, because... I like the fact that it's not a girl that is in between Barry and Iris. It's not a guy that is between Barry and Iris. It's about faith, destiny, and larger things than life. And I it's kind of refreshing because it makes The Flash not a typical CW show where it's like the triangle drama happens because ratings, drama. But on this, it's because love is complicated. And, you know, even though we know that in every timeline, in any universe, these two are meant for each other. They do it very maturely in a very good pace, and that's what's so refreshing. I mean, it kind of brings me back to Smallville between Clark and Lois. It was rarely a woman that got in between Lois and Clark. It was rarely a guy that got in between Lois and Clark. So, that's something I really appreciate with West Allen in this case. And even though, yeah, we see what he decides to do and so on, I still, if, if yeah, it felt pure and it felt very special and so on, and it it just makes that build up even more, that more epic when they finally just when everything is at peace and they're you know they're comfortable with with where they are in their lives. I think you know the relationship can really take off then, but but now we have one more thing to discuss. Amy, Christmas came early for you this year. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. This is one of those episodes where I really wish I had been recording myself when we were watching. Because he's looking in the room, and he says, I'm sorry that I have to do this. And I was sitting down, and I, I sprout out of my chair. I'm like, no. No, they're not. No, they're not. And Barry Allen goes back in time. He doesn't just go back in time. He goes back in time and saves his mom. Completely reversing the decision he made at the end of season one. There's no Barry Allen in the white with the white sigil telling him to stop, 
He is here and now making the decision to let nobody else hurt him. He is going back in time. He is saving his mom. He took down Reverse Flash. I rewatched it. He actually just socked him. So he didn't kill Reverse Flash. He just knocked him out. And he saved his mom. Which opens up... The Flashpoint Paradox, which we have been talking about for a very long time, and I have been very excited about it. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Flash comic. If you listen to the podcast, is you know it your favorite? I I've never heard it. Much. Have we ever talked about it? What is Flashpoint? I don't think I own it. <laughs> um, so the general idea. So first off, before we talk about what this means long term, Lauren, what did you think about Barry's decision to go back in time and change everything Uh, as a viewer of the show who was constantly looking ahead at season three my thought was oh crap what does this mean for next season is everything going to be different and that like left me with a very uncomfortable feeling but as a fan of barry allen who i truly believe that barry allen can do no wrong I was super excited for him. I am super excited for him because like I said, he like heroes, they like the people in their lives are always collateral damage. Like if, if a villain knows your true identity, they will take the Wally in your life. They will take the Joe in your life. They will literally, you know, try to kill, you know, the people that you love. And I think superheroes, they get tired of that type of collateral damage and they get tired of villains taking from them again and again and again and like you know we saw Ronnie die because of the singularity and then we saw Eddie take his own life to stop the reverse flash and then of course now both of his parents are dead I think Barry was like screw this I have speed I'm going back I'm going to save my mom and I need to know what life is like with her still alive because I cannot live without one of my parents and honestly like if any of us were in that situation like can we say that we wouldn't do it like if something ever happened to my mom I would try to save her you know I don't think I could just like I don't think I could just let it go and it reminds me a lot of the Sarah Lance scene in the Legends finale when she finds out that Laurel has died and she practically holds a knife to Rip Hunter and it's like, we have a time travel ship. You are taking me back to save her. And I think Barry decided to put his life in his own hands. And we may have talked about this before, but like in last season's finale, when Barry goes back to save his mom but doesn't, there's a flash with the white logo that tells him don't save her. And I think we've talked about what if there's a version where Barry does save her, everything goes wrong, and then he has to go back and fix it all so that he can tell himself not to save her in the past. I think that's where we're going. So I loved it. I'm excited. I'm hyped. Okay. Andy? Yes. Uh, I was, uh, I'm preparing my statement. Uh, holy crap, this is awesome. You, like, this is... You, if people haven't realized it already... This won't just change the history of the Flash. It will be affecting Legends Tomorrow. It will be affecting Arrow. And this could be the way that we bring in Supergirl into the universe. Um, I am looking forward to it. I, like I said, I've said this whole season that I don't want them to use the Flashpoint card yet. I don't want them to use the Crisis card yet. Because these are two of the biggest storylines they could play with. Once you've played one of them, you cannot u- use it again. 
But the fact is that there now ha- there, there's going to be four shows on the CW with DC, and the the fact that this you know because we don't know who's going to be the big bad for season three. We we don't know we don't know anything about season three. But the fact is that they're now doing Flashpoint as a way to maybe, I don't know, reboot the DC TV universe in some ways. I mean, I mean, look, it was it was a powerful moment for sure. I love how they portrayed it. I think it was. I mean, if you know, all of us, if we just went to re- read the Flashpoint comic right now, I think we could all see some big similarities and whatnot. And um, now I kind of want to read it again. <laughs> But uh, I mean, I was I actually started when Lauren was talking. I started walking around in my room like, "Where is my flashpoint copy?" Because I want to read this once we're done. Uh, no, but honestly, this. I mean, I am so excited for season three, and I mean, imagine all the potential they can do with this. Um, this this is a way they can bring in Supergirl into the universe. This is a way where they can fix up a lot of f ups on Arrow because you know what. Arrow could benefit from that, actually. You know, maybe somehow fix the universe where Laurel never died, she was a metahuman, and, you know, uh, where maybe... Just... Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to rip on Arrow. You know, this is a good discussion, so I'm going to I'm gonna keep it civil. But, you know, they could fix a couple things on Arrow. Maybe... Maybe that's how we get Captain Cold back. I'm just saying, you know, because it's in the same Earth. Maybe they knew this whole time that... They were gonna just do. I mean, they were gonna do Flashpoint, and that's why when Ruth Miller only signed up for one, uh, for one season as a series regular, but I was coming back as a regular in both the shows. I'm just saying, and I want to hear what you guys think about it. And then, I mean, there's Flashpoint. It, there's just so much fun because first we get to play with an alternative universe where we're not gonna have Thomas Wayne. We're not gonna have Aquaman and Wonder Woman fighting each other. I think they're gonna. What could he do with that? I guess Robert Queen will be Thomas of it all. Um, I don't know who who would be the Wonder Woman and the Aquaman in the situation because in the spoiler in the comic they do they go and worry each other. Um, so yeah, but I mean that's I mean that's something we should totally have a discussion about in the summer. By the way, um, just so you know. But but yeah, I mean I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Flashpoint is, I mean, it is one of my favorite comics as well, and it was one of the first comics I started, you know, when I was doing my Flash research, it was one of my first books that I picked up, and it was phenomenal. So, there, there's so much potential with this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go on, Amy. No, I think it's worth um, discussing how much of an impact this will have on the DC TV universe, because as much as I would love them to do the full Flashpoint paradox, I don't think that they necessarily have the ability to because they don't have Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I think it would also, it would almost be more realistic if they took the main aspects of the Flashpoint universe, which is what Lauren said. The main idea is that Barry Allen goes back in time, ends up saving his mom and actually fundamentally creating a universe that is worse for the wear. So what happens is whatever future he creates as a result of saving his mom is so drastically worse off than the world he left behind that Barry then chooses to go back in time and stop himself from saving his mom. So we're definitely set up for a flashpoint paradox. I think it would be a little bit more interesting if we just explored the main aspects of that plot, as opposed to the micro minute points, because on top of everything, the flashpoint or, 
the Flash is getting to a point where it's almost becoming a little bit too tangled up in time travel that the casual viewer is going to have difficulty comprehending what we're seeing. We are having difficulty yeah. discussing time remnants, and we do this on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. It's also worth noting that in that final scene, we saw the Barry Allen that was looking at him through the door vanish. Barry Allen may no longer exist as the Flash, which is a facet of the Flashpoint comic. Barry Allen loses his speed and has to get it back. So I think we're probably heading down that route, that Barry just saves his mom. Yay! But I bet you anything, the second that season three opens, he's going to discover that he doesn't have his powers. Did you notice that, that? Oh, sorry. That maybe something happened with his dad, because that's another facet of the Flashpoint comic, is that um, Henry Allen dies. So he doesn't end up saving both of his parents. He only ends up saving one. As far as how it's going to play into the overall idea of the different universes, I don't even know if it's going to do that much of an impact. I don't know if they're going to do like a new 52 setup or a different way. I don't think that they would go so far as causing that to affect Arrow and Legends. I don't even know if it needs to affect Supergirl because we already know that Supergirl and the Flash have crossed over. Um, but they need to be in the same universe up... in, perma- in a permanent base. That's what they need to do. Well, not necessarily. Because at this point, they already are. There's no reason to say that... I mean, it could be Earth-4. Maybe Earth-4 really just doesn't have any metahumans. So in my opinion, I don't think they need to do a big, huge overhaul. I don't think they need to connect the Earths. I think it's certainly possible that maybe when Barry Allen's going back to fix everything that he mucked up, that he ends up reconnecting with Supergirl's universe. But I don't think that we need to to make it this huge thing because I feel like we would lose viewers that way. We would lose the casual audience I think it would just be more fascinating to see season three open where, yes, Barry has saved his mom. But as a result, little Barry Allen never becomes the Flash. And the Flash slowly starts to disappear from existence. And this Barry doesn't have his speed anymore. And he cannot get back to his regular time. He's trapped in that universe. And who knows what repercussions that will bring? Because on top of everything else... We know that the Speed Force does not like being messed around with. Barry Allen just broke the cardinal rule of the Speed Force, and no matter how much the Speed Force loves him, he just did the one thing that the Speed Force actively told him not to. Like, it literally spent the entire Runaway Dinosaur episode talking him out of ever needing to save his mom. And we had a person who tweeted us who made a really good point he's like so did barry's decision just completely outdo the forgiveness he had over his mom's death which is a really good point i mean that's that's how drastic the death of his dad hit him but um those are kind of my thoughts basically i love the idea that we're doing flashpoint obviously but i don't want it to become so ingrained with the other cw shows that we lose the the grounded nature that the flash has I I I completely disagree. I think that if they're if they don't do it, then they're wasting the storyline because Flashpoint. I mean, Flashpoint is what gave us the New Fifty Two, and now you know actually today they're giving us the Easy Rebirth. Uh, but I think it would be a huge waste if they don't do anything with it. 
uh, it will actually make I will lose some respect for the writers and producers if they actually don't do anything useful with Flashpoint other than just you know whatever happens in this show. I mean, look at this point, you I don't think we have to worry about losing viewers on any of these shows. These are the highest rated shows on the CW, and Supergirl is probably going to be. I mean, it depends on how the um, the audience from the CBS audience from Supergirl falls on to the CW version of Supergirl. But yeah, I mean, look, they're gonna merge the universes. I mean, that's a guarantee. And I think that look, Arrow is not right now in a, not a good point. So they can really benefit from Flashpoint. Uh, plus, you imagine what we could see like maybe an alternate version of Otto Queen. Maybe he's the villain in this universe or something. But yeah, I mean, I. Look, they might not do anything, but if they don't, then it's a huge waste of the storyline, and I will be really disappointed. But these are really good showrunners that we're dealing with, and Jeff Johns is who wrote this story. I mean, I don't think he would just say, oh, just do it on a small scale. I think he would almost encourage them to do something with all the shows. Uh, probably even maybe maybe has something to do with JSA for Legend Season 2. But, uh, Lauren, what, what are some of your thoughts? Um, I kind of fall right in the middle. I think it's important that the core of Barry's decision to save his mom does rest on the Flash. and But at the same time, it, it has to spill over into the other shows. Because if it didn't, it would be like, why are you doing crossovers, but you're not, um, not keeping the shows in continuity? It would be like if on Star Trek... Uh, the next generation did something really crazy that like changed the timeline, but nothing changed on Deep Space Nine, and those shows took place at the same time. It would be something like that. But I, I do think that like the core changes should stay on the Flash because that does lend a sense of gravity to what Barry did and what you know and why he did it. And like for anyone who has read the Flashpoint comic or hasn't read it, I mean, like I remember the first time I read it. I Amy, I think you got me a copy over the summer. And uh, like that opens with like Barry with his mom with no powers. And it's kind of like, it's like a Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. where like everything is, it's, it's, everything is different, but you're the only person who knows that it's different. It's like mm-hmm. very much like It's a Wonderful Life, the movie uh, with Jimmy Stewart. Like you remember your old life and you remember everything that took place before, but nobody else remembers. And honestly, I kind of want the first episode of season three to be 100% flashpoint from yes. Barry's perspective. Two-parter. I want, yes. yeah, like, his mom needs to be alive. He and Iris are dating. Very much kind of like Barry, Barry and Iris on Earth 2 a little bit. And just, like, the whole world has no idea that they lost the Flash. And there can even be Easter eggs to the whole Robert Queen thing. Like, Thomas Wayne. Like, I want to see that. I don't know at what point Barry's going to be able to like change that, but that would be an incredible first way to open up season three. No, I totally agree because what you're saying, I'm, I'm building off of that. I like the idea of it again, waking up. I think we've talked about this before. Like I like the idea of season three with him, you know, like you said, waking up in that flashpoint paradox and that, that Barry Allen, that's living in this universe where his mom survived has to go back and stop the Barry Allen. We saw tonight from saving his mom and that Barry Allen from the season three opener is the one that tells Barry stop. So something like that. Um, It's just, it's just going to need to fly. And you know, 
Andy, there's no reason to say that they can't do a little bit of what you're suggesting. They I mean, ha- imagine... I mean, it's not they, sh- they, they can't, it's that they have to, because otherwise it's a waste of... I mean, you guys have talked no, about... No, they don't much... have to do anything. Then, what the, I'm then, is, then they're consider... missing the whole point of that storyline and so on, because I don't, it feels like it almost like a, it's like a minimized version of that story, and I think that's like, then don't do it at all. Don't, don't waste what a I... great storyline. What I was going to suggest is consider the option that maybe Barry finds a Black Canary in that universe and is able to bring her back to this universe. Maybe he could bring small segments of the the Flashpoint universe. So then, Amy, what you're proposing is that if they kept this Flashpoint storyline isolated to the Flash, then technically we would be looking at an alternate reality. Yes, that's kind Where, of like, like the Flash and Barry and everything that we know is still moving forward normally in parallel with Arrow and Legends and Supergirl. But what we're going to get a glimpse of is kind of like sliding doors where like two life experiences are happening at the same time. Uh, and if this is confusing anybody, we completely apologize. No, uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm thinking exactly an alternate reality so much as just an all well, I guess an altered reality that Barry Allen is like, well crap, this is not what I signed up for. Darn right. it, now but I gotta go back and if, stop myself. Like, but if Barry's decision was made in concurrent reality, it would one hundred percent have to affect the other shows. So if they decide not to have it affect the other shows, then essentially it's like a what if alternate reality that Barry would have to fix. Because like yeah. Andy's saying, you can't you can't change all of the continuity of the Flash and then not change Arrow. Like yeah. unless it's like rebooting the MC. Unless like... you change the continuity right. and then Which fix an... it before the other shows even know the difference. Does that make sense? Right. So it if, would if have we... to be an alternate reality, not a multiple verse, because we've already done other verses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's 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 the reality of what would have happened if Barry saved his mom. Yeah, we see that universe. He go, he, it's crap, and he goes back in time and stops himself from creating that alternate reality. And the other shows never know the difference. That's kind of where I'm going. Okay, yeah, it would be like a what if, like a glimpse into this decision, and then Barry fixes it before anybody else knows. It's like the legends being gone for a certain amount of time and then coming back to the day that they left. No one yes. else. No, but they know. Yeah, that could happen. I Hopefully, mean, I mean, would yeah. how would it? Okay, so would but would this any? But would all the shows still have a change factor? Then you know, would we suddenly see you know next Wednesday night? We we, we would suddenly see you know a Green Arrow, a Black Maybe. Canary, a Speedy, and Red, Red Arrow, and so on, and whatnot. Like, or would it still be it? You know, that the, they will find out eventually that he was trapped in an alternate universe, in an, you know, in an altered reality, like. Uh, Amy said because there's a difference between alternate and alternative, uh, or would would we see maybe the following week some sort of difference on all the shows? Um, I would say no. My venture is that no, the other shows would not perceive a difference immediately. I think that if Barry Allen mucks around with the timeline enough, eventually there are going to be consequences, and perhaps those consequences show up during a crossover. And so the other shows don't experience any changes until some pinpoint event. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, 
a, an event that oh, what's the keystone? So some keystone event sets off essentially a crisis in um, the the crossover. So my my general idea, yeah, I guess, Lauren, what you're saying is Barry experiences an alternate universe. It is the Flashpoint universe. It's crap. He goes back in time to stop that alternate universe from ever existing. And the other shows don't know the difference. But in doing so, Barry does what he does best and kind of sort of screws around with the timeline and the speed force and the multiverses in ways that it doesn't want to be screwed around with. And that has consequences. You can't make cuts in a string and not expect the string to start to fray. And so I could see that maybe over time, those consequences build up. And then you get an issue that all four universes have to deal with. Maybe it's a villain. Maybe the villain is the one who is like, oh, if this dude can go and make all these alternate universes, why can't I? Heck, can it be Owlman? Let's just make it Owlman. Sorry, now I'm ranting. Anyway. I mean, I think if, if, we, I th- if we can have Batman, I don't know if we can have Owlman. But I, Amy, that is such a great idea because I love that movie so much uh, when they did. Have you seen Justice League Rise on Two Earths? I've seen clips from it. You need to see the whole thing. You will love it. Um, you will t- totally love it. I mean, and also, by the way, I apologize if I sounded aggressive for a minute or so. It's just that, did it? Did, I mean, I I love this storyline as much as you guys do, and so, and I feel that like this is something that could really benefit for all shows because, I mean, I mean, let's face it, so, you know, there's ups and downs on all of them. Plus, we want, you know, I think I mean, I don't know. If how many people actually out there that, that don't doesn't want Supergirl to join this universe and so on? I mean, I think you know, otherwise, why would CW even pick it up? So yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that I really feel it would be a waste if they didn't really do anything. If Barry just comes back after his flashpointy time, he comes back and it's just the same thing. I, I and that, that I, then I feel like it's like then you shouldn't have done it at all. Then you should have done like you know a. What was it, what was it that movie you said, Lauren? Uh, Wonderful Life, something like that. Like you know, what yeah. if? So yeah, but then you know, if you're gonna play with Flashpoint or Crisis, you're gonna do it right, and you're gonna fade all the shows. Otherwise, then don't bother doing it. Uh, sorry, Lauren, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say that that if they decide to not have it affect the other shows, and it is like Barry experiencing all these things and then coming back and fixing it without the other shows knowing the only way they could make that work logically is if he comes back to the moment of him and Iris on the porch, because that would mean Mm -hmm. no time has passed for that, for the continuity that we understand, which means the other shows wouldn't have experienced Barry ever going missing because he never technically would have left. But if they do all this stuff and like time passes normally for the flash regularly, but they don't address that on the other shows. I think Andy, that's what you're saying. Like the continuity there would not make sense at all. And like, you know, we know that the Supergirl flash episodes that they aired out of order and that there was some like order kind of confusion, especially with like one of the arrow and flash episodes too. So I like my biggest hope for this summer is that like, while like Berlanti's team is all together with Ali Adler and Andrew Kreisberg and Mark Guggenheim and Beth Schwartz and Phil Klemmer and like, all the creative people who run these four shows, I, I hope when they sit down, they're like, wow, we have all four shows on the CW. We're going to do these crossover episodes. Okay, the Flash people, tell us everything you're going to do this season and when you're going to do it. So that mm-hmm. if we drop a line or a moment or we mention something like it's going to happen 
in continuity. Like, if they can nail continuity across four shows this year, I will be so grateful and so impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, what you said is is what I'm thinking. He would have to go back in time and stop himself. If they really want to pull, pull a flashpoint, he would have to stop himself as he's running to um, save his mom. And literally knock him out of the speed force and be like, sorry. And he actually punches him in the comic as Barry's running to save his mom. The future, future Barry punches him and knocks him out of the speed force. So he's not able to. And then that Barry is the one that we see in the rooms telling past Barry no. So that's what I see. And then, uh, you know, Andy, I get where you're coming from, too. You're like, well, wait a second. Why would they just do this as like a standalone episode? And it would be great on the flash, but it would have to affect other things. I would like to see ultimately there be repercussions to Barry mucking around with time. Yeah. Not and I'm, necessarily. And I'm only asking for a couple, like, just not too many things. I mean, like, maybe one big thing for each show. Maybe there is, you know, maybe Oliver that we know in this continuity will be a little more, a little more sharier, a little more optimistic. Maybe has uh, his Black Canary back. Maybe on Legends, Captain Cold is back uh, from the dead. And, you know, and then on Supergirl, he, you know, she just... I'm not asking them to redo the entire continuity. You know, that's, that is too much to ask and so on. Uh, but I'm just asking for some changes. Because I, right now, I, I mean, why else would you do this if you're not going to change a couple I, of things? I really don't think they're going to go that far, though. Because that is asking every other... CW show to make crucial fundamental changes to stories that they have already arced out because ultimately yes it is an overarching universe but each series has its own story but they're ta- but it's the same people behind all of this it just I don't know I'm I'm a, now I'm a little bit hesitant on how they're gonna do Flashpoint because I don't I mean I just don't want them to waste it but yeah, I mean, this could go either really, really good, or it could just go really, really bad, and I'm just gonna have to, you know, just accept that. You know, I'm still, still gonna watch the show. I'm still gonna love it and whatnot. I'm just, you know, hopefully this one thing is not dealt with in a wrong way because I think that if you're gonna do Flashpoint, then there are a couple things you ha- that comes with it. Um, you know, no, you know, there's no discussion about it, but. But that's just my opinion. So, but guys, it's 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 becoming a long episode. So. Um, overall thoughts on the season two finale of The Flash. Lauren, let's start with you. I thought it was really good. I thought it had some incredible emotional beats. I thought the visual effects were outstanding. I'm really excited to do a season rewatch and just binge through all 23 episodes over a couple days because I feel like so much happened this season that couldn't all be addressed in the finale. I mean, we saw King Shark this season, very time traveled. They lost people. They gained people. You know, I loved his scene with Wally when Wally was like, dude, I didn't know you were the flash. And I'm so sorry about how much you lost, especially your dad because of trying to save me. Like, thank you. I thought that was like so powerful. And You know, one thing we didn't talk about was Harry and Jesse's decision to go back to Earth 2. Oh, yeah. And does that mean Tom Cavanaugh won't be on the show next season? I I hope not. I love him. And I don't know. I think that's the the reason I didn't even think about it was because, well, Flashpoint is happening. So I don't think that's a permanent decision. Um, Plus, it seems that they're... I mean, he's been hinting at things, you know, for the upcoming season. It doesn't sound like he's leaving. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, I. I hope Jesse doesn't leave either because I. 
you know, they they I mean, they, they worked so hard with her this season. So yeah, no, I it's I think it was a fake out. You know, you're probably gonna see them back next season. The theory that I proposed in my flash recap, which is up on comic book resources right now, is that with the flashpoint situation happening, if reverse flash never kills Nora Allen and he's not trapped back in that time, then he also never killed Earth One Harrison Wells, and that in season three, Tom Cavanaugh will be playing the real Harrison Wells. That's my theory. I, w- I would be game for that. It's, it's, it's kind of like they should do that every season. Each season, Tom Cavanaugh plays a different version of Harrison Wells. You know what's cool about Tom Cavanaugh being able to play uh, Eobard Thawne pretending to be Earth 1 Harrison Wells and then playing Earth 2 Harrison Wells and hopefully next season playing Earth 1 Harrison Wells. It reminds me a lot of what Brett Dalton said about playing Grant Ward on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because in most of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's playing S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Grant Ward. You know, I'm the best of the best, and I love my country. And then in the second season, he's playing, like, baddie Hydra villain Grant Ward. But then in season three, he's actually playing this crazy inhuman called Hive. You know, I forget his real name, Albius. You know, this ancient inhuman and how, like, he... I was reading this great interview with Brad Dalton where he said he never thought that his, like, first major TV gig would allow him the ability to play three different characters. So... I think that's really cool that Tom Cavanaugh, like, that's an actor's dream to be on the same show, be with the same cast day in and day out, and yet getting to, like, get inside the head of a different person. I think that's really cool. And I hope we get to see him next season. Yeah, I think he's coming back. It's just, who is he playing this time? Hopefully that's the question we get to ask each season at the end. Like, who's he playing in season five or season six? Uh, Amy, any final thoughts on, uh, on the season finale of The Flash? I really liked it. I don't think it was my favorite episode of the season, and I don't think that it was as emotionally impactful as last season, season finale, which is saying something because that first scene at the funeral was devastating. I still really liked it. I love where we're going. I love that last uh, minute. I do wish that we had had a little bit more clear cut of a motive on what Jay was ultimately going for. Be because it, I think um, we already discussed it, it would have made his motivation a little bit more intriguing for me. That being said, I really liked the episode. I liked the bits with Tom and Jesse. I liked the little moment where Jesse and Wally said Aww. goodbye, and I was like that gif where you've got you've got the big thing that's like pushing the two heads together. That's like now kiss. Because <laughs> that's what I was going. A mistletoe to. underneath. I'm like, oh, it I'm just like, happened to be out, here. Make out. I was like this little teenager kid. Uh, I loved all the enchilada moments. I really thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Was it my favorite episode of the season? No, but it was still a really solid and beautiful emotional level, and it continues to lend so much credence to just how phenomenal the writing staff and Grant Gustin are. I. Give Grant Gustin all the awards, please. Oh yeah, no, I agree. And as for me, yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's a, uh, one of my favorite episodes of the season. Uh, I know if it's better than the season one finale because I mean, that's a very special finale. But it's a really strong season finale. I think that it's definitely probably the after we've seen Arrow tomorrow night. So I mean, after that, I think that 
the Flash finale will probably be the best one out of all the five that has aired, you know, with Gotham, Supergirl, Legends, Arrow, and then the Flash. And uh, there, a lot of cool things happened. And I mean, look, we're going to a season now where anything can literally happen now because of Barry's decision. So, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be doing, you know, season two retrospectives and you know, like uh, other things, you know, in terms of the second season. But yeah, overall, this finale, I'm really satisfied with it. And now I'm just dying for October to arrive because it is so so far away but yet so close but uh, okay so this is becoming a really long episode so we're gonna go through some feedback from you listeners because boy did you guys have some things to say about this episode and then we're gonna do some plugs and then let you guys know what's coming up um, in the coming weeks so gals what did the, the Twitter words and the email words that was weird have to say about the season <laughs> out of the flash uh, so we got a lot of tweets. First one is from at Potoki Jonathan. He said, wait, how would Flashpoint Paradox tie into Arrow and Supergirl? I'm just confused now. We already discussed it. Uh, at Scott Corrin said the same thing, basically. He said, what does this mean for Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow since the past 16 years ago got reset? Do we see real Earth-1 wells in Season 3? Uh, Russian... Kid Pavel at Blue Shirt Mac 19 tweeted me and, and he said regarding the Flashpoint paradox, I think there were enough nods at the ending that I or through towards the ending that I feel that it makes sense. At G Dillard 10, this episode is mind blowing. Why can't Harrow be as good nowadays? <laughs> at Ilana Levy, Levi. I thought they were going to give us Crisis on Infinite Earths. Then they go with a Flashpoint story. Hashtag can't wait. Hashtag infinite fun. At JT Bear. Wonderful episode. We felt the same as Barry did. And shouted in excitement at Triumph. But next season, it all changes. At movie underscore TV fans. Good episode. I still really don't get the whole double at the same time. I think Barry was being really stupid rescuing his mom. At as great a snake, I wonder if this will explain how Supergirl is on Earth One, if that's how they go. We also got some tweets from at 19SEL. Wow, someone just hit the reset button. Season 3 might be called Season 1B. Crispy47, I was wondering how they were going to up the stakes from last year's finale, and then boom! Flashpoint. anyone who hasn't read flashpoint yet and watched this episode was probably like wait what what's everyone talking about (laughs) uh lord underscore darth underscore yoda wow wasn't expecting them to do that so early in the series does this throw out all the theories about wally and jesse it's a really good question trevis hull oh my goodness that ending was a total flare verse changer can't wait to see how this plays out next season BJP211, amazing. What an episode, what an ending. Flashpoint, question mark. Love the crisis shout out. Bye, Zoom, which we could also say bye, Felicia. Felicia. JWS, John Wesley Ship as J, loved it. Can't wait. And our good friend, John, JPooch21, potentially changes all of the WBDC TV universe. I wonder if we'll get a tease at the very end of Arrow tomorrow. Hmm. Might be wishful thinking, but this leaves open possibility that the Arrow death was a troll job. LOL. Was a troll job? Uh, like they were trolling the writers us with the death. Yeah. Okay. 
And then Snarky Sean, our other really good friend, called it on the mask, but holy cow, I didn't see the rest coming. Best season finale yet. I can't wait to see how this will affect everything else. And Rye underscore and Coke, really looking forward to all the theories as to when and where Barry will end up at the start of season three. I'm wondering who might be alive that was previously dead. Oh my God, what if Eddie comes back? That's just me adding that in. Um as well as who from Team Flash will remember or even know Barry. And then we got two emails. Um, one from Derek Rich. I really liked how Barry stepped up as being a full hero and didn't need the Green Arrow or Firestorm this time. Okay. I was really glad to see John Wesley ship back in the Flash costume. Did he say he's from Earth 3? So does that mean Supergirl is Earth 4? So Flashpoint is next season. I'm definitely going to read the comic and watch the movie. So Zoom is sort of dead. Barry will be getting both his parents back. Uh, sort of semi-spoiler alert. Uh, Caitlin will become Killer Frost, but maybe Justice League of America or Justice Society of America will be a big thing next year. Very good email, Derek. Thank you. Those are really good questions. And we have another email from Greg Horton. I have many favorite parts of this episode. Among them are John Wesley Ship being the true Jay Garrick, yes, and Barry creating his first time remnant. But my most favorite part was that kiss between Barry, Allen, and Iris West. Wait, hold the door. Oh, God, don't say that. Oh, uh, no. Oh, God, no. Get it. I was like, what are you talking about? If anyone has seen Game of Thrones, you know why hold the door is it's difficult to hear. Um, we are getting Flashpoint for season three. Heck, yeah. I hope the repercussions affect the entire Berlantiverse, because that would be awesome if they do. And uh, thank you guys so much for your great feedback all season, like listeners and like Facebook friends and Twitter followers. You guys have been so fun to live tweet with. It's been so great hearing your reactions and we're really looking forward to all of your theories and thoughts on season three over the summer. And yeah, no, like, and also heck, even on, we have a lot of people communicating to us through Periscope and Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we love doing this podcast because we love talk. It's not. It's not just to talk to each other about this show. It's to talk, talk, talk to you guys as well. So, um, okay. So before we get to the plugs, uh, let's just talk quickly about what's coming up on the Flash podcast and DC pod and so on. First of all, most importantly, we're doing a charity event in. Is it the first? Is it the second or third week in June, Lauren? Is I think it's I think second second week in June. Uh, we're going to be announcing things very soon. We're just putting together the schedule and so on, and we're going to be announcing what organization we're going to be working with this year. Really excited about it. So stay tuned for that as we get together the entire DCT podcast network as like a just league of a podcasting to raise some money for uh, a really important charity, and uh, so that's coming up. You can stay. Get all the latest news on dctpodcast.com. So stay tuned on that. Uh, the summer season is coming up. Uh, last season, you know, last year we did a summer season during the hiatus where we did character spotlights and other fun things to keep you guys, uh, you know, you know, g- g- give you guys some meat uh, while we're waiting for season three, which will premiere in October. That's the only thing we know right now. So yeah, starting in. Um, not next week, but the week after that, we're going to start with season two point five. Uh, but the but what's happening next week though is which is very special to all, all of us here is the one hundredth episode of the Flash Podcast. Woo! Yeah, one, I mean it's it's only been three years and we are in one hundred episodes. It's 
it's crazy. I mean, this the fact that we got to talk about all of this on the 99th episode was pretty dope. But the 100th is going to be it's going to be a very just retrospective and a lot of things and so on. But like I said on the last Periscope I did, I think it was yesterday or the day before that. Um, we want you guys to let us know what the podcast. I mean, have you been with us since season zero, season one, or even join us this season? You can email us or tweet us your thoughts about the podcast. What you know, some of your favorite moments. You know, the time. Uh, you know, all the times Amy mentioned Fringe, or you know, every time Lauren, me- you know, mentioned a movie that Anna didn't know about, or every time I, yeah, either one of those, or just fun discussions that we've had on the podcast over the past how many? It's two and a half years now, I guess. So, yeah. So you can tweet us at the Flash Podcast. You can tweet any one of any three of us your thoughts or email us theflashwithgmail.com or post on our Facebook page and so on because we want to read some of your thoughts and, you know, kind of retrospective as we go through 100 episodes of the Flash podcast. So that will be coming up on probably June 1st next week. So you can start doing that as of today when you hear this episode because we would love to kind of get some, you know, retrospective on what you guys think about the podcast and all that. So, yeah, Twitter, email, all of that. And, and also, we haven't forgotten that we're going to do uh, a 20,000 followers giveaway because we did hit... I mean, guys, we keep... <laughs> I, I feel we're getting a new milestone every week. I mean, I, I feel it was like just two weeks ago we were at 21,000. Now we're at 23,000 followers. So, uh, so yes, the, the, the giveaway is coming. We're going to put together you know some cool packages. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, that's what's coming up. So, because yeah, the se- season two is done. It's over. It's finito. It's... Bon voyage or whatever. So, so yeah. So that's what's coming up. So, yeah, we won't be gone. We're we're not. We won't be gone at all. So, but with that, all that said, let's do some plugs now. So, Laura, where can people find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, you guys can find me mostly on Twitter at Lauren Galloway. You can also find my entire season two of the Flash recaps on comicbookresources.com. You can also find all of my Arrow recaps on comicbookresources.com. If you are a Marvel fan, um, me and Andy and Amy are also a part of something called the Marvel Report, which is on Twitter at the Marvel Report. And one of our writers just did a fantastic tribute to the characters that we lost on the S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. And if you guys are upset about those decisions or you want to know more about that, please check out her review. It's called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's called S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Fallen Agent Serving the Story, which is a fantastic look at why we lose certain characters on shows and why that's important. Um, That's at themarvelreport.com. And Amy and I also had the pleasure of doing the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And so if you guys have, you know, if you're catching up on that show or if you are about to watch the finale and you want to hear our thoughts and feedback, you can find that on Twitter at legends underscore podcast. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Marie 97, as well as Lauren said on the legends of tomorrow podcast, we're taking a month long hiatus so we can all sleep. sleep, Um, But we will be back uh, after that towards comic con with all kinds of fantastic updates about the season as it returns. If you guys have listened to that or listened to the Flash podcast, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for sharing your theories. Thank you for dealing with all my Fringe references. To people who messaged me and said that you started (laughs) watching Fringe and you love it, 
I am glad. <laughs> um, for everybody who is local to San Diego, I also work at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park doing the caravan safari tours. So if you ever happen to want to come down and feed giraffes and hang out with rhinos, uh, please request my tours because I will make so many nerd references that you will be very, very, very happy. Uh, and I would get a total kick out of hearing people who listen to the podcast come on one of my tours. That'd be super cool. So uh, other than that, I will see everybody on the summer side and at Comic-Con. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram on Andy Bacht, which is spelled B-E-H-B-A-K-H-T. And you can find all of my work that I do for Heroic Hollywood and TV Overmind, as well as the Marvel Report and uh, the DC Podcast Network. So... Yeah, I'm a little bit everywhere, so. And uh, you guys know where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vine, and Periscope, all under the Flash Podcast. Check out our website, theflashpodcast.com, with all the latest news and updates about the Flash. We will keep you updated about season three as we get more details, which hopefully will be soon, because I can't wait for October. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so if you haven't done so already, subscribe to us and rate and review us. The more reviews and ratings we get, the more exposure we get. And the more exposure we get, the more things we can do back for you guys, like the events. more five star reviews we get. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, like what Amy, what Amy said, five stars and reviews and so on, because that helps us a lot. So, and if you want to email us any questions or recommendations and so on, email us theflashpocket at gmail.com and please check out the entire DCD Podcast Network at dcpodcast.com. Ladies, that was season two. Of the Flash that and the Flash Podcast. That was an incredible season. That Bravo. Wasn't a, yeah, I mean, whew, 23 episodes. I mean, that was a lot. So, um, I mean, I can't, like like Lauren said, I can't wait to go back and look through season two. I, they haven't announced when they're coming out on DVD and Blu-ray yet. And on, they haven't announced on Netflix either, right? I, I saw something about big Netflix deal. Maybe that was Disney. Yeah, that was Disney. So... Okay. Disney will be the exclusive Netflix uh, subscription service in September. I know that Netflix just released their June dates, and none of the DC shows were in the June list. So maybe July, maybe August. It's hard to say. Yeah, they released it quite late last year. I think it was September, October or something, because for some reason, Warner Bros. didn't want the DVD and Blu-ray releases to be surpassed, you know, like, be second after the Netflix release, so but we will let you guys know when season two co- comes out on Blu-ray and DVD on Netflix, and I don't know, maybe maybe there's a giveaway in that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Thank you so much for having listened to us this whole season. We will be back next week for our one hundredth episode. I can't put enough emphasis on that, and we hope you guys will tune in. But overall, once again, thank you so much for having listened to us the whole season, for all of our rambles and discussions and fairy spiraling and and all that. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we hope you've enjoyed this season. So, until we see you next time, for all of our members here on the Flash Podcast, I'm Andy B. I'm Amy Marie. I'm Lauren Galloway. And we will see you next time on the Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm.